Hello, and welcome to The Bear Podcast. This is your host, Susan Hyatt. This is Season 2, Episode 9. The Bear Podcast is a show where we talk about your body and your life. If you've been listening all season long, then you already know the dealio. On this show, we talk about food, fitness, and self-care. We talk about mental and physical health. We talk about confidence, courage, and feminism. With every episode, my goal is to leave you feeling strong and inspired, ready to take charge of your day. Let's get into today's episode. Our first segment is called Big Questions. I always choose a question from a client or from a woman in my Bear Daily program, and I answer it right here. So today's question comes from Nadia, and she writes, Hi, Susan. It amazes me how you're always up at 5 a.m. and how you go running or hit the gym almost every single day. I want to be that kind of woman, but I feel like no matter what I do, I always find some excuse to avoid exercising. I've tried literally everything. I got a workout buddy, didn't work. I flaked on her. I started putting out my workout clothes right by the side of my bed so I couldn't ignore them. Didn't work. I still ignored them. (laughs) I scheduled workouts on my calendar. Didn't work. I ignored those appointments. I always feel great after moving my body and yet I almost never do it. Plus, I work from home, so some days I don't even walk outside of the house. I feel like a gross, sedentary slug. What the fuck is wrong with me? Oh, you are not a gross slug, and nothing is wrong with you. But understand that I used to be the biggest couch potato in the entire world. I joke that I had a PhD in being a couch potato. So if I can learn how to love exercise you can too. There is hope for all of us, truly. Look, the secret to creating a consistent exercise routine is to focus on pleasure. This is something I've talked about several times on this podcast. If you want to stick with a new habit, then it has got to be a pleasurable habit. It's got to be fun. It's got to feel rewarding. It's got to be something you actually want to do, not something you force yourself to do. So Nadia, I would invite you to ask yourself, what's one form of movement, one form of exercise that actually sounds pleasurable? It does not have to be running or going to the gym. It could be water aerobics. It could be snowshoeing in the woods. It could be gentle yoga surrounded by candles. It could be hula dancing. It could be Caribbean dancing. Listen, I tried that once in New York City and it was so fun. It could be Zumba. It could be playing with your dog at the park. It could be having some sex. Hey, it could be vigorously cleaning your house. Yes, that counts. That does not, however, sound pleasurable to me at all, (laughs) but you might feel differently. It could be Tai Chi. It could be pole dancing or burlesque dancing. It could be hiking in nature. It could be walking around the block while you listen to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcast or while you listen to this podcast. There are literally hundreds of ways to move your body, so there has got to be something that sounds pleasurable to you, something that sounds beautiful, inspiring, and like a special treat rather than a chore. So instead of saying to yourself, I am committing to a consistent exercise regime, try saying to yourself, I am committing to having more pleasure and beauty in my life. See if that makes a difference for you. 
Whenever you're struggling to stick with a goal, the solution, in my opinion, is always more pleasure, not more willpower, more pleasure. I know this is a total reversal of what most people are taught and what's popular in health and wellness, but trust me, it works. Pleasure changes lives. I will also say having a community behind you can make a big difference. That's why I'm so passionate about my Bear Daily community. When you're part of a family where everyone is posting their workout ideas, posting their victories, posting support for one another, you really get lifted by the community energy. You start believing in yourself in a new way. So if you're not already a member, just Google Bear Daily, B-A-R-E-D-A-I-L-Y to see what this online community is all about. It's a pretty amazing corner of the internet, and maybe I'll see you in there. Our next segment is called Tell Me Everything. This is where I chat with an amazing woman that I love, and we have a conversation about food, feminism, fitness, sex, or something else that I'm dying to talk about. Today, we're chatting with the illuminating Mel Wells. Here we go. All right. Welcome, everybody. I am here with the amazing Mel Wells of the Goddess Revolution. Hi, Mel. Hi. So good to be here. It's so amazing to have you here because, first of all, you're an author of two books. Your second book is coming out in July of this year, 2018, and it's called Hungry for More. Am I right? That's correct. Yes. And so I was delighted to welcome you to the show because you have an amazing personal history that is near and dear to my heart in terms of your own journey with food and body. And then I would love to talk a little bit about your new book because it's such a compelling topic. But so talk to us a little bit about, you know, one of the things that, that I help my clients do as part of the bear process is to recognize um, where they got the messages that their body was somehow not enough and usually it's culture at large or family of origin, peer group, but you have quite a unique story in terms of your personal life and also your profession, so. Yeah, um, so for me, I grew up in the performing arts world and I was a TV actress at quite a young age. I um, got onto a soap opera at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. So I think my food problems really began when I was around 15, 16, and I went to performing arts college and my God, that industry is, (laughs) it's very competitive. Obviously it's very focused on how you look. Um, If you don't look right, you don't get the job. Um, You're kind of taught, especially as a dancer, you're taught to look in the mirror for flaws and, you know, perfection and um, extreme discipline is very much glorified. Um, So that was the world that I was in. And I was very, you know, I've always been (laughs) type A personality, have to be the best at everything, have to give it my all. And I, I got super competitive. And I had never, you know, my mum had a really good relationship with food and her body growing up. I, I never heard her talk about dieting. She never shamed herself or bashed her body in the mirror. She was super confident. Um, wow, wait, I have to pause for a second because that is super unusual. <laughs> I know. And I say this to my clients all the time. And when I speak on stage, I t- I'm, I'm always saying like, my mother was a unicorn. Like, and I have worked with so many women now with food and body image stuff. And I realize how rare it is 
Um, but I mean, gosh, but, like, she, but it came from another place. But it's, it's exactly, it still hit me. It still hit me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, yeah, it, it hit me when I was like around 16. And I think it was being in such a competitive industry and being such a perfectionist mm-hmm. really, um, when I realized that everyone there was really, um, really cared about their weight Mm -hmm. and the girls around me, obviously, you know, you're at that age where you're kind of coming from, you know, a a young girl into a woman. And so curves are coming out in these places that you weren't expecting them to. And you're starting to like have more sexual relationships with boys and, you know, you're really growing into a woman. And I think, I wanted to halt that process almost because I didn't feel in control of it. Mm. Um, And at the same time, the girls around me were all kind of um, picking themselves apart in the mirror, saying they had to lose 10 pounds. And I was hearing from my agent, camera adds 10 pounds and um, all these kind of things that are thrown around. Um, And I've always been really tall. I'm 5'10". And um, again, like someone in the acting industry kind of said to me, oh, the perfect height for an actress is 5'4". And I was 5'10". Really? And I remember thinking, well, I can't shrink my Yeah. And I remember thinking, because like, you know, I don't know. I remember thinking to myself, well, I can't shrink myself height-wise. So I've got to shrink myself as much as I can um, physically because I look bigger on screen. And so, you know, it kind of it became a competition within itself. And the girls around me were all trying to lose weight. And I basically decided that I would do it better than anyone else um, and developed an eating disorder very quickly. Um, so it started out as, uh, you know, I basically stopped eating um, and isolated myself and punished myself with exercise and, you know, liquid diets and all the rest of it. And it was just dreadful. I felt completely ill the whole time, completely spaced out. And then when I, um, when I got this job on the soap opera, I moved cities and the move, the move of cities, um, completely like it made me do a 180. Basically. I thought that being up there and being on this show would give me more control, more reason to lose weight, more, more, um, more incentive to diet. And actually it made me completely overwhelmed by my environment, completely out of my depth. And I found myself binging like a crazed animal and I literally binged on food like I'd never seen it before in my life it was like I was inhaling it like I couldn't get it into my body fast enough and this went on for a while and this is when I developed bulimia because I felt so ashamed and so guilty that I had I felt like I had to get rid of it Um, and this went on for a few years and it was actually I actually got called up to my called up to the office by my producer and she said to me I don't know what's going on with you Mel but one week on screen you're this size and the next week you're this size and the next week you're back to this size and you're ballooning all over the place um you know what's going on do you want to talk to someone about it and I was and I was devastated and that even that wasn't enough to wake me up I still you know kept thinking that if I could just get the right diet if I could just find the right set of rules around food if I could just find that magical golden nugget that would fix me then I would have everything under under control I would find the perfect diet I would lose the weight and then my life could begin and this is how I lived my life and it took years (laughs) 
<laughs> took years. Um, yeah, so that is that was kind of my story, and um, it only it's it transformed when first. I mean, there was a couple of things that happened. Firstly, I lost my dad quite suddenly to cancer, and that made me start to value my health. And I don't think I'd ever really valued my health before. I think I'd valued weight and, um, you know, I don't think I'd ever truly valued my health. So that kind of sent me on this path to learning about nutrition and health coaching. Um, but then I learned everything there was to learn about nutrition and, it, and I realized that it didn't actually heal me. Mm-hmm. I realized that I could read every single nutrition book in the world but if I hadn't changed my relationship with food and my relationship with myself, essentially, it was all just information. It was all just science and it wasn't actually making me love myself. And the work of self-love only clicked for me when I thought I, thought I might be pregnant and suddenly it became not about me. It became, oh my gosh, what kind of a mother would I be? How can I, how can I have, have a pregnancy if I'm abusing my body like this? Mm-hmm. And that was, the, that was the seed that was planted. And I wasn't pregnant, but that seed changed everything for me because then I started going, well, how, what kind of a role model would I be if I was abusing myself like that? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of a mother would I be for me to go through a pregnancy um, hating and punishing and starving my body and binging like no that's not the that's not the role model I want to be and when that picture became when my when my picture became bigger than just how can I lose weight right. when I started focusing on having a bigger mission a bigger purpose in this life that was bigger than just me getting into my genes that changed everything for me wow that and that was about four or five years ago yeah <laughs> So four or five years ago, and isn't it, isn't it amazing that, and I think this is so true for so many women that I work with, um, because I hear this over and over and over again, that it's sometimes the wake up call is that they notice that they have a daughter paying attention and, and this idea that, oh my God, I don't want to pass this on to my daughter. And for me, Um, I was already on this journey um, and preaching, you know, an anti-diet message, but my daughter was in the fourth grade. She's now a junior in high school. And so seven years ago, she came home and said, mom, every girl at the lunch table at school today said she was on a diet in the fourth grade. And um, she had heard enough from me that this was not a good thing, but she didn't know how to coach her classmates that this was this was a bad bad idea um but most of the women that i talk to it's that oh my daughter's paying attention i didn't think she was now she's wanting to diet or she won't get in a bathing suit and i think it's it's such a compelling as women to think about that we we're not raised to think that we're precious enough on our own but that if, if there is something else, then it gets our attention. And then the work that you're doing and that I'm doing hopefully brings them back to the fact that like just you are um, important and worthy enough to cherish and take great care of. But I, I, I love that your false pregnancy woke you up. 
Yeah, because I, I remember thinking to myself, well, if I had a baby in this body, I wouldn't be treating my body this way. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, why am I treating my body this way? Why? Mm-hmm. This is not, not cool. If I wouldn't treat another person this way. Why am I treating myself this way? And so as you emerged years later, you know, so four or five years ago, this woke you up. And then you obviously felt passionate enough about this message to write your first book, The Goddess Revolution. Um, and now you have a second mm. book coming out. And so what, how, is, how has your messaging changed or progressed since The Goddess Revolution to um, your new book? So I would say that when I wrote The Goddess Revolution, that was really it felt like a battle cry for all women that had been sucked into diet culture um, and been made to feel like their bodies aren't enough and had turned food into a game Mm -hmm. and so the goddess revolution is really a um i mean i don't want to call my own book a bible but it's kind of like a handbook for anyone that is like just in those grips of diet culture and is playing games with food and you know there's all these different labels and rules and you know all these stupid things that we that we kind of tell ourselves that we've been programmed to believe and that book is really about unpicking all of those all of that conditioning and all of those all of that bullshit to be honest that we have told ourselves about diets about weight loss about you know carbohydrates and about our bodies um and basically it's about ripping up the rule book and saying you get to decide like let's heal our relationships with food let's transform the way we feel about food let's enjoy food again and let's be free like it's really about freedom um And obviously, you know, I am a coach and I've been working with women over the years um, on a one-to-one basis and through my programs and on my retreats. So I've obviously seen firsthand the journey that these women go through. And, you know, it's been amazing, to be honest, and so, um, so rewarding for me to work with so many women that are in a place, in a similar place that I was, or, you know, at least, you know, somewhere around, you know, I can relate to it. Um, and get to watch them take the same journey as I did. And so I guess the second book is about the next stage of the journey, which is when we quit dieting, when we quit you know, our disordered patterns around food and we actually do embrace freedom and self-love, what we tend to find is because dieting takes up such a massive massive part of our lives it's such a massive energy drain um and for a lot of women it becomes their identity you know we you know i i kind of have this in inside joke with my you know women in my acad in my academy um that that you know we start these fake social media profiles not fake social media profiles but we start these separate social media profiles that is our diet account what is that about it's like we have no identity we are just a dieter we're just our sole purpose is just to lose weight um so i think when we strip that away and we really start to reclaim who we are because when we're not Mel, the girl with the eating disorder, or Mel, the girl that's on a diet all the time, it's like, oh, there's this massive space for me to create whatever I want in my life. And that is the journey that I see my clients go on. They go, okay, I'm not a dieter anymore. I've got this massive space. What am I going to fill it with? And then they start to pursue fulfilling, enriched lives. 
Mm. And so the second book is called Hungry for More. And it's still about your relationship with food, but it's really about using your relationship with food and your cravings to guide you in the direction of your soul's calling. So, you know, what is it that you are really hungry for? Is it really a whole tray of Krispy Kremes? Is it really getting a takeaway? Is it really, you know, three caramel lattes? Or is it something deeper that you're craving? Is it love? Is it connection? Is it creativity? Is it change? You know, are you really hungry to change your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you agree. So much of our um, patterns around food are never about the food at all. They're always about something that is going much, much deeper than that. And for us to tap into that, we can completely change the direction of our lives if we're prepared to actually listen to what those patterns and behaviors are trying to tell us oh so well said and i am totally on this train with you because i can tell you from my own journey i remember i had a coach a weight loss coach and um so this would have been 11 years ago and every day i would pick my kids up from school they were little at the time And they would sit at my dining room table with their little worksheets from school. And I would go into the kitchen and practically inhale a wheel of brie and some wine. And I was treating myself. And I remember my coach was like, okay, so if you don't eat the brie and drink the wine this afternoon, I want you to sit there and actually feel your feelings and see what comes up. And I was like, oh. And so I sat in this recliner and it was boredom. You know, the big earth shattering message was that I was suppressing being completely bored. You know, I was scared to admit to myself that while I loved my children, I didn't quite love some of the parenting that went along with having these two little kids. And I would rather do anything than force them to do their math and English in the Mm -hmm. afternoon. And And it was like, just like you're saying, once I took the food away and quit dieting, it was, I had, I felt like I had created, I was a time magician. You know, I had all this time all of a sudden to build a business and write a book and do all the things that I thought were impossible before. So um, I'm really excited about the message. Uh, first of all, your first book, amazing. The second book is going to be, I think, such a great um, next step for everyone listening. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And I completely know what you mean about, you know, feeling the feelings. And something that <laughs> I to my clients is like, you can't remember that you can't eat your feelings. So you can try and eat your feelings, but it's not, it's not going to work. Like, they're still going to be there. And if you're not, if you're not feeling them, you're never going to heal them. They're just going to stay suppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's, you know, you can either keep going on diets over and over and over again for the rest of your life, you know, losing and gaining the same 10 pounds until the day you die. Um, or you can do this, which is pursue a fulfilled life and actually go deep with yourself and your emotions. And people don't want to do that. They want to download another meal plan because it feels like a quick fix and easy and comfortable. But this is the real shit. Like this is where transformation really happens. You're absolutely right. And it's shifting from being someone who relies on externals, so someone or a plan or an expert or whatever outside of yourself, um, to you. And I think for many of us, that can feel really scary, but 
once you go deep and you get in there, as you've said, you know, then real transformation can happen. Um, and so I think that um, it, it's fascinating the work that you do with your clients, the work that I do with my clients, like um, beating this drum of, hey, we're still not going to talk about a meal plan. Hey, we're still not going to tell you what kind of uh, workout to do. Um, but it is so freeing to be a woman who walks through the world taking exceptional care of herself instead of depriving herself. That's it. And I think we are in this age of empowered woman. And I think the empowered woman asks herself what she needs and what she wants, rather than asking all of these diet experts, so-called, you know, experts, um, what should I eat? What should I do? How should I be? How should I live? What should I say? It's like, instead of asking for everyone else's approval, we are just giving up, we're approving of ourselves and we're asking ourselves, what do I need? Like what feels good for me? I was literally just having this conversation with a client this morning and she's, um, you know, something that we're working on is getting her out of what she should do or eat or, or, or how she should be in the gym. And it's just, I feel like a whole a whole conversation in diet culture is like, am I doing this right? Am I being good enough? Am I, you know, is this what I should eat? What should I eat? And I think if we can just eliminate that word from our vocabulary, we can really actually empower ourselves from within. Like, forget that, forget what he's, what, forget what she's doing, forget what she's doing, forget what that guru says that I should do. What do I actually feel like doing? Like, what do I genuinely want to nourish myself with how do I genuinely want to move my body from a place of love and that is that is really you know what I think a goddess that is what a goddess means to me you know a woman that makes her own choices and takes responsibility for them so beautifully said right it does does a goddess count Weight Watchers points I don't think so <laughs> oh hell no oh hell no <laughs> All right, Mel. Well, you have dropped some amazing wisdom on us today. I want to thank you for being here. And of course, all the ways that people can contact you are down below. But why don't you tell people your favorite way to connect? Sure. Um, I basically live on Instagram. So <laughs> come and find me on Instagram at I am Mel Wells. I am Mel Wells. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we're finishing up with the segment that I call Bear Victories. This is where I share some posts, emails, and texts from women in my community and say, congratulations and yay. Here's the first Bear Victory. Ashley writes, I love feeling strong and working out with my trainer. I've been working with her since January, one to two times a week. I remember someone here asking me if I noticed benefits, and the answer is yes. It took some time. Please don't feel discouraged if you find it's not possible to commit to a trainer five times a week. I find benefits from once a week. Feeling stronger, and I love feeling strong. More energized and more confident, motivated, and I feel happier and with a spring in my step. And it helps my back pain, too. Congratulations, Ashley. That's so amazing. I love that you're getting such benefit from working out with your trainer. And Meredith writes, it feels like we had about 115 days in January here on the East Coast. So today 
inspired by the article that Susan posted in the group about taking lunch and the Facebook Live yesterday, I decided to go out and enjoy the abundant sunshine at lunch. I never take a lunch and never leave the building. Very rare. Today, I left the 23rd floor of the high rise I work in and took a little walk to Rittenhouse Square. And then I grabbed a fresh juice, vitamin pleasure. Wishing you all a beautiful day. Awesome. That's all for this episode. If you want even more inspiration and motivation, you can visit my website, shyatt.com. You'll find hundreds of hours of podcasts, videos, webinar recordings, all kinds of stuff, all free, all for you. And don't forget to Google Bear Daily to learn more about this amazing community. It's an incredible place. Bear Daily members get all kinds of goodies, coaching sessions, videos, workout ideas, recipes, special Facebook Live sessions with amazing guests, tons of inspiration to help you stay on track with your goals. So many incredible transformations happen inside Bear Daily. Physical transformations, yes, but that's just the beginning. And honestly, it's not even the point. Bear Daily is about emotional transformation. It's all about women being braver, charging after their goals, doing things they've been putting off forever. Bear Daily members are starting new relationships, getting new jobs, launching new businesses, scheduling photo shoots and media appearances, doing all kinds of powerful things. Every single time I log into this community, I am so moved to see what Bear Daily members are doing. It is seriously amazing. If you're curious about this, if you're interested in trying it out, but don't want to commit for a long time, no problem. You can get a Bear Daily membership for a month and see how you like it. Registration for Bear Daily is open only for a short time each year. So don't snooze on this, okay? Write yourself a reminder on a post-it note, send yourself an email, put a note in your calendar, do whatever you got to do. But don't forget to check out Bear Daily and get yourself a membership if it's something that you want to experience. Bear Daily, Google it, find it, register. We've got a link in the show notes for sure. Try it for a month. What a beautiful gift to give your body and your whole self. I'll see you in there. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next season.